0: on the official home of the Canucks. Tiki Pete comes out of the box and puts the puck into the back of the net.
1: Sportsnet 650.
2: Welcome
0: back, Bic and the Boss here on Sportsnet 650. Bic Nazar, Craig McEwen, home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650. I want to catch up on a couple of funny texts that came into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. The smart alternative, visit Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. We were uh, having a quick conversation there uh, about uh, Nick Suzuki and Bo Horvat uh, earlier. And I think that's what this one is in reference to. Um, Oh, I've just lost it here. Where did it go? Uh, The self-awareness text. C-Mac, do you have it there?
3: Uh, yes, I do. Hey, Bic, remember all your self-awareness talk yesterday? Take your own advice and realize that you are wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, That's fine. That's fine. I get it. Uh, self-awareness. Uh, something Bo might need in the defensive zone sometimes.
3: Ooh. Ouch. There we go. There we go. Ouch. And that wasn't a don't at me. That was just a cheap shot no. at Bo. Cheap shot.
0: Yeah. No, look, Look, people coming after me. People want to come after me? I'll, I'll choose Vilas, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this one, uh CMAC is going to enjoy a beautiful weekend at his 100-foot pool with butlers, bringing him drinks every 30 minutes.
3: It, it was an interesting... Uh, I'm not sure you were listening to the uh, morning show, but uh, Dom Shermati, the producer, had a... Had a great point for once um, in in the debate of would you would you want to have air conditioning or a swimming pool? Knowing how hot it's going to be this weekend, like you can only have one or the other.
0: Interesting, um... and yeah,
3: and and I'll, I'll 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 leave you with Dom's thought, and then you can pick. But Dom said pool, and I'm like pool, like I I I would almost think air conditioning, but he's like. You know, you can't have an air conditioning party. You can have a pool party. Bring over, your, you know, your buds, the significant I don't significant know. You, others, so.
0: you tell people right now, hey, See come out. over, hang out. Uh, look, I know it's pandemic and certain things you can't. I'll it, too. If you tell people, especially your friends that don't have AC, you want to come hang out, who's saying no?
3: Sure. It- I don't know, but you're hanging in the basement. You're hanging in the house, or you could be hanging at a pool without AC and and dipping in the water and getting cool and having a, a good time with some. Well, you music don't have to call it burgers. an AC party. You can just call it a party. People yeah. are still going to come over. Who wants to go inside on a beautiful day? It's sunny. You want to be outside enjoying it. You want to be in the pool. I'm with Dom here. Dom brought up a very good point about the, the party aspect, which because originally I was thinking I, I, don't, I don't want a pool. I don't, I don't necessarily love to go swimming, and you, you'd kind of get maybe tired of it. But as far as this weekend and cooling off, I, I think I'm picking the pool.
0: Generally speaking, I would subscribe to the pool theory as well. Now, I'm just talking about just for myself, right? The 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 party side of it is another bonus, but it, it's like being by the water. The being by the water is better.
3: Yeah, I don't know. It, it, get a little the,
0: mist coming off of the thing. <laughs> yes, perhaps.
3: This one in the Dunbar Lumber text inbox can't sleep in a pool, guys.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> no. That's really taking advantage of a weekend. <laughs> Well, well look, I, I've I, actually
3: I, seen some guys pass out in a pool at a party, a yeah. pretty good pool party back in the day, in one of those floaty chairs or whatever. And you're like, should we be worried about him? It? Nah, it's all right. Hopefully, he's so, so, there in there in a few hours when the sun comes up.
0: So, speaking about uh, bad trips in, in in Vegas in August by the pool, you're hanging out, and you know there's shallow parts, obviously, and, and there's this guy like face down in the pool, and it. He had been there for so long. Like, I'm not kidding, c Like, 20 minutes. Yeah. Head moved, face down in the pool. At one point, like, we're just hanging out, and we just look over. We're like, he hasn't moved. Like, I'm not sure if he's, like, had a tough night and fell asleep, and we don't know what's going on with him. And eventually, someone worked up the courage to be like, uh, excuse me, sir? And this guy, like, happened to have, like, a part of his mouth out to, like, breathe, I guess. <laughs> but that was literally it. It couldn't have been more than like three millimeters to get some oxygen in. But aside from that, he was face down for like 25 minutes in the pool, like blocking the entrance. People had to go around him, all this sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, just that's the benefit of the pool. It's, it's
4: you can't just Well, it's out.
3: it's the social aspect. I mean, you're all crammed into a little apartment with air conditioning. Boy, this is fun. But uh, kind of like the social distancing we saw last night, in Montreal Ooh, outside the rink. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, my oh my, pandemic. Uh, no, but you want to uh, be you- happy
0: for them, but at the same time, it's like you kind of watch everything with a bit of a a wince at the same time.
3: Yes, yes. Um, but uh, the pool, the the, the cabana is the big thing in Vegas when it's that hot. You need the, the shade. You got to you got to get in the shade. So. Um, Before you get the shade,
0: do you know what you need for that? The green. What's
3: that? <laughs> Can't afford
0: That's true. a cabana.
3: Yeah, but if you make friends with people and you start chatting them up, and all of a sudden yeah. you're standing in their cabana, they maybe won't boot you out. Uh a lot of people saying, "Oh you yeah, can't people got sleep tapes in the, the pool." pool. Yeah. Oh, there, there—the few things suck more than sweating while you're asleep. Uh, Mitch and Victoria chiming in about how tough it is to to sleep, in. and that's the other thing. Dom was talking about sleeping in his car because it had air conditioning. So you know,
0: that's- I know he's in.
3: I know he's in radio doesn't yeah. make a lot of money, but
0: well, he's got that uh, sweet hookup from uh, our friends over at Delari, right?
3: Yes, he does. Yes, he 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 moved on from uh, Reach Deep and and all of a sudden stepped up in the world and now is driving a fancy new car.
0: Yeah, he's got his Acura. I'm sure he's just loving it.
3: Uh, Brian, uh, I'm laughing out loud at that. Might have been me. Are we talking about Wet Republic? I'm guessing your Vegas story. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just breathing out of the side of your mouth and looking like you're face down I, in the pool. I mean,
0: I sure hope it wasn't you, Brian. It'll be. Uh... Small world reconnecting uh, definitely was not, uh, we Republic, republic though. That's pretty funny. I, I, like, it seems dangerous, especially in Vegas when you know you've been drinking. What if you just like pass out? Yeah,
3: as, as this one says, girls don't get into bikinis for AC. So, you know, the, the, the pool has a whole other element to it, I believe, especially when the sun goes down, it, it cools off a little bit. Uh, A lot better than the AC. And and by the time you pass out after all those drinks, you're not going to care where you're sleeping.
0: But like face down in the pool, that's what I'm worried about. Like Passing out on a lounger by the pool is fine. Like 35 degrees with a little wind with the water coming off, it's like that's decent. Uh, Ever get a haircut at a barber with no AC? Uh, You're talking to the wrong people about getting haircuts.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Mine are all self-serve. I do that myself now. (laughs) Not only am I Scottish, but I, 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 figured out early on. Hey, it's not that hard to shave what little hair I had on my head. And no. and, and again, hey, it's story time on, on on Wednesday. I did tell you about the my decision to, to shave my hair, did I not? I, 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 no, I'll let you in on I, that one. I'm here for this. So back in the day, it's uh, television me. Uh I used to probably spend more time trying to place my hair so it looked good for the stand up than I did uh doing my actual work in front of the camera and it got tiresome. I, I remember being at the Athens Olympics and man I was just if it's windy you got to put hairspray in it, it's, it and and you're trying to look good for the camera while at the top of your head there's there's no real hair there. Anyways, I one day get up the courage because it it takes a little courage to want to go, you know, completely down to nothing on your head and I walk into this uh hair uh, place in, in barber in in Langley where I live and the guy who's there he's got this haircut I want he's he's bald he's shaved it down tight he's you know kind of sitting there and I I walk in and I sit in the chair and and you know he goes hey so what are we doing today as the hairdresser or hair uh Clipper usually asks you, and I said, well, listen, you know, I'm, 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 had this hair, it's, you know, I got the bald spot on the top, I'm placing it, Don Taylor's mocking me every second he can, <laughs> Like it, it's, it's, it's not a lot of fun, you know, my wife's kind of looking at me, honey, you're, you're hanging on here, um, maybe, maybe it's time. So as I'm explaining this to him, the guy was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I went through the same thing. And then, you know, you can see my haircut. But what I don't realize is that he's now walking behind me to reach for the shears or the, the shaver. And before he can say too much more, all of a sudden he does a line right down the middle of my head. So I have this streak like a, like a, like a skunk, but it's, it's all my hair's gone. And I'm like, oh, like, I, I, and he goes, listen. Decision you made. sounded like me. You're going to bail. I wanted to make sure that it was time, pal. You got to get rid of this stuff. I was mortified, scared, and then I'm like, well, I guess I can't walk around with just a, a no hair uh, down the middle of my head. <laughs> and that was the end of the hair. And uh, I, I remember we had appearance clauses in our, uh, in our contracts back then and telling my bosses in sports that, that I shaved my head. They weren't too happy, but after they saw it, it was all right.
0: The reverse Beckham. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, that's funny. So, uh, hey, awesome.
3: here, here's, uh, here's one in the Dunbar Lumber text. So you guys are missing the obvious solution. Indoor-outdoor pool is a requirement, or are you just slumming it? So I guess maybe the indoor would have the air conditioning, the outdoor would be fine.
0: Indoor pool?
3: Yeah, you know, the ones that kind of drop down with the nice glass, and half of it's indoor, half of it's outdoor. I've, I've seen those places. No,
0: I, like, I get it, but, like, it kind of takes away the appeal of a pool, no? Like, you may as well just go to the aquatic center.
3: Well, if the indoor part has a swim-up bar, it's even better.
0: Ah, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough, yes. Well played. Uh, okay, keep your uh, AC and pool conversations coming in, 650-650. We should talk a little bit about the Canucks. Uh, they did announce formally uh, Ryan Johnson uh, will be continuing his role as the general manager of the Abbotsford franchise. Uh, no team name yet there, but uh, something Jim Benning talked about uh, in his media availability on Wednesday that there would be an announcement coming. So that has been formally announced. Uh, Continuing that continuity, which I think is important. I think a lot of people would say, so far, Ryan Johnson's done a fine job. So it continues that uh, ongoing. That's just to to keep you up to date. Uh, More information uh, they did announce uh, about the name, the logo, and ticket details will be coming soon as far as the Abbotsford AHL team.
3: Yeah, Uh, my my understanding, Bic, is that... um you know, they're looking for an overall leader and hope to have that person in place that can kind of put a lot of these pieces together because it's a big undertaking. I mean, think about it. You're, You're trying to start something from scratch, which we did at this radio station a few years ago bring in, you know, ticket people, uh, managers, people that can help you with numerous different things. So it is a bit of a process, but happy to hear that they're moving closer. But on the hockey side of things, RJ is is a smart individual. He he did a great job. And think of his job now, Bick. And, and Jim Benning talked about it with Halford and Bruff yesterday about, you know, they can have a skills coach who can work in Abbotsford and go into Vancouver, or they, they could have, you know, sports psychologists that can kind of do double d- duty now, as opposed to, you know, the logistics of getting people People from Utica was tough, and RJ had to manage that. So th- this, while his job isn't easy, this will make things a little easier for him to try and help uh, get these players to and from Vancouver and Abbotsford when when need be, when the, the need arises.
0: Vic uh, Nazar and Craig McEwen here on Vic uh, and the Boss. Uh, so something else we want to touch on, uh, something Sat brought up yesterday. We're doing this off-season planning and trying to map out, as we're talking about with Kevin Woodley, they got to make obvious improvements. Uh, to try to get into the playoffs and give themselves a chance of anything can happen, but you got to get better. And one of the things that's very obvious with this team is there are a lot of contractual inefficiencies on this team. Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel, Louis Erickson, Michael Ferland. right? The, the, those are the four names we talk about a lot and, you know, four players that you wouldn't see him as our uh, buyout options either. And a lot of fans, on Twitter, text message box, always present ideas of ways to go about solving this and try to be creative. And in seven years of uh, Jim Benning's tenure, we haven't seen a lot of creative ideas. Not that they haven't been explored by the front office, just the execution of them has never been there. Could that be finally changing? This is what Sat mentioned uh, yesterday on the People's Show uh, when just talking about could they be weaponizing maybe not cap space, but weaponizing some of the expiring contracts.
5: One thing that I think is becoming very clear now is that financial commitment from ownership is coming back. This year, that commitment is there. Henrik alluded to it, talking about they're aligned completely uh, with ownership on what needs to happen. Jim's talked about ownership is committed to doing what needs to be done. And my understanding is that's not lip service. Like that is true. So much so that, The Canucks are trying to be really creative here, and you know how in the NBA, especially when the cap got really crunched up and teams had a hard time moving money out, expiring contracts all of a sudden had value? That team's trying to offload money, offload a contract, trying to rebuild or whatever, was okay with giving a decent player, getting an okay asset, but more than anything, getting an expiring contract back in return so they can get off of this deal. I think that is something that Canucks are very seriously considering here. Can they find a partner? That's going to be ultimately something that we find out here. But I think they are willing to move expiring contracts, whether that is an Antoine Roussel, a Jay Beagle, for instance. Hey, perhaps even Louis Eriksson, if you're taking on a big contract. Now you have to add something to it, of course. But could you get a player from a team who is probably a bit overpaid, but can at least help you as opposed to these bad contracts on the books? And I do think that is something that Canucks are kind of exploring here. So when we're trying to figure out how can the Canucks make things work in this flat cap world with no cap space, if you're willing to take on some money and shift out some of these contracts, maybe you can do something.
0: That's uh, Sat from last night on the People's Show. An interesting thought, C-Mac, of using the expiring contracts. And as he mentioned, something we see in the NBA a lot. So are you willing to move out $3 million on a one-year deal of uh, Antoine Roussel to take back, I don't know, like nine million dollars or seven million dollars that's spread out over two to three it saves somebody money and you get you know someone that might fit a bit better
3: uh i would say that anything is possible and if you look at it the canucks are going to have to find creative ways like this uh and a for effort for sat for for bringing this up and 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 trying to look at other sports to try and see well how do they get around their cap issues or what do they do or what 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 would possibly work for Vancouver? Because they are up against it with the Pedersen-Hughes deals coming and and having to pay them some money. And the idea of trading someone uh, else's problem out for your mistake. Yeah, Bic, I could see that working if the player met a certain criteria of kind of age where they are in their trajectory of, of the development of what this hockey team needs at the moment as well. Uh, but yeah, interesting and, and, and thing.
0: functionality, right? Like, like yeah. that's the thing here is, is you're not getting a lot from Lee Erickson and Antoine Roussel and Jay Beagle. Is there someone that might be able to provide bottom six minutes a bit more uh, functional and a bit more speed or something like that. Uh, we'll continue this conversation, especially if it's at the insistence of ownership of to try to make that move. But we'll continue the conversation uh, on the other side of the break with your thoughts as well, 650-650. Uh, but we'll talk to Joe Leary now, who joins us uh, just here for the beer Sunday nights at 9 on Sportsnet 650.
1: Joe, uh, are you beating the heat with, uh, with a brew? Well, you know what? I'm not yet. I'm waiting until after this hit before I do have my first one of the day. But <laughs> I was just thinking last night, guys, um, I wonder how much Molson is being consumed in the province of Quebec right now and has been through. Oh, yeah. Months. And the other thing I thought about is I had the opportunity to meet Jeff Molson a number of years ago. Now, this is before I started doing a beer show, but I was actually at Molson on Berard in the John Molson tasting room. And I was introduced to this guy named Jeff and I sat beside him for like a good hour and a half. And at the end of the night, after he leaves, someone tells me that's Jeff Molson, just a really, really cool, chill guy, and I'm so I'm happy for him, and I'm sure that there's a lot of Suds being consumed across the country.
3: Yeah, uh, big, big, big win for Montreal. Huge. Moving on to the Stanley Cup Finals, Joe and. Uh... Listen, it is going to be hot this weekend, but that doesn't yep. mean that you can't enjoy yourself and, and have a few <laughs> cold ones. Uh, is there a beer for, you know, 50 degree temperatures for those of us who are going to sweat it out here in the
1: valley? Uh, Miss Mr. there is there is a beer for absolutely every palate. I mean, we've got everything from like sweet and savory beers. We've got sour beers. So, yeah, generally speaking, I mean, you know, you do want to stay uh, well hydrated. But the other thing to be cautious of is that, like, we're talking extreme heat this weekend. And with so many outdoor spaces now, people better be prepared for the fact that they're going to need, like, heavy-duty sunscreen or stay out of exposed sunlight for long periods of time because uh, it it can really cause some serious problems. Because I know that tasting rooms and all of these extended patios will be overcrowded as, as much as they possibly can be this weekend.
0: Is there a fear in, when you know when we get to like extreme heat for these uh, crap breweries to say like maybe people want to be in AC, buy a pool or something like that? That hey, yeah. maybe the the, the, the scenes uh, this weekend won't
1: yeah, be as crowded. it's 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 it, 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 you know what guys, it's a, it's a real it's a real tough one because again, most of these patios just thrown up in a in a in sort of a, a relatively quick manner, and some of them don't have proper roofing or or if they do, they might have a sun umbrella or something like that. But uh, I, I just fear that there's going to be some heat stroke this weekend. And, I, again, I'm not discouraging people from participating and helping yeah. out the local breweries and restaurants and bars that, that got hit during the pandemic particularly hard. But uh, please be aware of the, uh, of the heat because we're talking at like 40 degrees, and that's not something that we're, we're accustomed to in these parts here.
3: Yeah, listen, you were a weatherman back in the day, Joe. We worked together. Yep. UTV You used to do the weather, and, and uh, <laughs> th- this is unheard of. Am I, am I not misimagining or remembering like in the sense that wow these temperatures that they're talking about are, are are just you know through the roof
1: yeah i don't recall this craig to be perfectly honest and again that's if the forecast temperatures predicted actually do hit but i mean we're i'm just looking at my temperature gauge right here and i'm in south vancouver it's 29 degrees so i'm sure you know in the valley it's probably hitting 30 35 easy but um yeah i thought i i vaguely recall and i did the, i did 13 years of tv weather uh, alongside you craig and i think I think we might have hit thirty a couple of times in that span, yeah, but exactly. that was considered extreme heat. We're talking like you know beyond that now. So yeah, I think we're in unprecedented territory here.
0: Hey, is there a style of uh, beer that matches well? Like, are, are, are you going with the the lagers? Are you going with the IPAs in, in extreme yeah, heat? you know what?
1: I, taste what I you want. Go, I would go with a lager or a pilsner because the problem is the the higher ABV, which is alcohol by volume those tend to uh, bloat you a little bit more. And especially if you're looking for something soothing and refreshing, you're probably going to want to have something relatively light and easy. So a lager or a Pilsner would be fine. And, you know, again, we don't discriminate on our show. It's not a craft beer show. It's pro- largely craft, but it's a beer show. At the end of the day, a beer beer. And whatever your, your, chosen, your chosen preference is is perfectly fine, whether it's made from a small little mom-and-pop shop or if it's made from a, a big factory in the East. It, it really doesn't matter. Just, you know, help support the industry. Uh, yeah, coming up? Sorry, go ahead. See you, Mike. No, I was just
3: going to say, yeah, you're bringing her back around to the Molson conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I would say this, Joe, too, is, you know, beer just isn't Molson, which is a great beer, but the the, the different flavors and, and tastes and all that, it, it's really a boon. Is it is it not in the way they experiment with things now?
1: Yeah, you know what, Craig? I mean, and a lot of people, uh, Molson has been a great training ground for a lot of current head brewers in the lower mainland beer scene, and they will give full credit to the the development team at, at Molson, I mean, and you have to remember these these beer companies go back generations they 're doing something right they, they were around when nobody else was, and so many people owe a debt of gratitude and as I said before, I, I, I have taken some flack over the years. From people saying, Well, you you know, you got this beer on the show. They're kinda of big. I thought it was a craft beer show. I said where where in our programming, where in our where in our production does it say craft beer? It doesn't. It says just here for the beer, and beer is the word, beer is the operative. And again, if you if you enjoy your suds in, in a you know in a in a tall, clear bottle from Mexico, enjoy it. I have I have no issue with that whatsoever. Uh what's coming up on the show on
0: uh Sunday?
1: We have plenty on the show. In fact, speaking of a heritage brewer, we've got Kronbacher, who go back to the 1800s, a fine German beer that goes back to the 1800s. We'll be talking Steamworks beer. We'll talk with Christy Isaac, who is the head brewer of Northpaw in Port Coquitlam. They're celebrating their third anniversary very soon. We'll talk to Mariner Brewing. And we have a brand new feature called Meet the Brewer Of with Sean Phillips. And today or this week, we'll be talking with the head brewer, Kerry Dyson of Brew Hall on 2nd Avenue.
0: He is uh, Joe Leary. It's just here for the beer, 9 o'clock on Sundays on Sportsnet 650. Always great. Listen, Joe, thanks a lot, and try to stay okay. cool. Yeah, you bet. Cheers. It's uh, Joe Leary, just here for the beer. We'll continue the conversation about utilizing cap space and uh, expiring contracts here on Bick and the Boss, Home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Welcome back to Bic and the Boss. Vic Nazar, Craig McEwen here on the Home of the Canucks. Sportsnet 650. Hey, golfers, get great Vancouver golf for less. Go to discountgolfcard.ca for all the details and to order your discount your Vancouver discount golf card today. Uh, wedges, the, uh, the, the theme of conversation right now. A crypto cow texting in as well. Corona with the lime wedge. Uh, yeah, go straight from the golf course, straight to the Coronas. Uh, a lot of people with uh, beer takes right now in the text message box.
3: Yeah, Stewie uh, chiming in. Sleeman's 2.0 goes down like water in the heat. Very refreshing.
0: To be fair, a lot of beers go down like water in the heat. But yes, Stewie's on, definitely onto something here.
3: Yeah, listen, be safe this weekend. Honestly, we've been oh, kidding yes. around, joking around a lot. Because, yeah, the heat, dehydration and all that, stay hydrated with the water. But yeah, if, if you're going to enjoy, nothing like a... A nice Sleemans to uh, quench your thirst and and kind of cool you down a little bit.
0: Uh, like I, I'm not looking forward to to dealing with this whole weekend. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, hopefully everyone can stay cool. Uh, as we mentioned before, we had to break. Uh, we before we went to break, we were talking about the Canucks' uh, cap scenario. There, um, an interesting thought from Stat. again. His his idea that uh, the the financial commitment that you and I have been talking about this is something you were talking about uh six weeks ago and this is something i brought up back in during the regular season it it felt like this year a bit of an anomaly when it came to uh financial investment from the ownership group and if this is something that they're finally willing to explore of hey being able to take on a bit more money to get out of uh, a bad contract And, and we can go through a couple of names here but Something that might be worth exploring, and an interesting way to go about it, is: can you get rid of someone that's on your fourth line, or to be honest, in the press box, uh, to to get something that might feature in your bottom six? To be and a couple of names we threw out last night on the People Show, you know, like an Adam Henrique. There, there's a benefit to do that now. It's still, like a, a viable player, but it's three more years. And there's seventeen point four five million dollars remaining on that contract, and. Like, there's a way to pitch this and say, Anaheim, you get to save $14 million if you're willing to take on Louis Erickson because it's real money. There's the, there's the AAV, which is $6 million for Louis, we know, but real money after the signing bonus is $3 million. We get out out, out of a problem ourselves, and we might be able to get a third-line center, an expensive one at that, but is, is that something you look to explore?
3: the The worry for me would be are we just recreating another situation where we're taking on an aging player that, you know, perhaps won't produce in a few years, might be okay right now? That, that I, I like the idea of, of moving around numbers, trying to make things work. You take one of our problems, we'll take one of yours. If, if it allows your team to be competitive for years to come in the short term, uh, probably not, but... I you know I understand the logic behind looking to do something like this but I also know the risk of trying to bring in someone that you're saddled with a, a contract because in a few years if you're trying to get rid of it how how are you going to move that when you can't move the Ericsson, uh, the the Beagle the you know Roussel if you're having problems now and you you do that now I guess we could argue the cap's going to go up and you might have some more flexibility. But Hopefully, that would be my worry.
0: Yeah, look, th- this comes with risk. And, and you're, you're dealing from a, from a bad hand because you're trying to move out a bad contract. But it, it's asking other teams in league what their financial motivations are, right? And again, it, it matters that you get the right type of player and the right type of contract back. That's something that can fill a role for you, that Louis Erickson's just not filling a role for you. Antoine Roussel, slowly been depreciating since the injury, which is really unfortunate, because I thought that first year showed something. Jay Beagle and and Michael Furlan, what is their status for next year? Are they going to be LTIR uh, players? And are there teams that, you know, like we saw with Tampa Bay and Toronto, teams that are up really against the cap, does LTIR have a value to them to take on those contracts to give something back? It's 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 ways to manipulate the cap. I know a lot of people were chagrinning at what Tampa Bay did come playoff time. But it's ways to manipulate, it, but this is the game. And if, if if these contracts have a little bit of value to get something that makes sense on a viable fourth line player or a viable third line player, uh, is this something that you have to take into account? So for instance, like, like a Brett Connolly, is that something that would interest you? Uh, two years at $7 million remaining on the contract, um, is that something that you could pry out?
3: Yeah, you start looking at the three point fives or whatever, the three point five million or something. Yeah, that 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 to me is a little more appealing, spread over a couple or or if you can figure out a uh, well, Louis Erickson, yeah, just get rid of the deal. But when it comes to Roussel or a Beagle or something like that, or or maybe maybe you're um, looking at things and going Furland and that advantage of L. TIR, you know, long-term disability. You get him out of here, and, and someone else can use that or weaponize it for them. But you're bringing back someone who's about that same money. But again, the 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 problem they're going to have, in my opinion, is with the Pedersen and Hughes deal, is that the wiggle room or the margin for error is so slim that if you don't get this right and you try this, and hey, you have to try something. That's where the problem comes in, that, oh, man, we have this, and it's $3.5 million for the next couple of years. We, yeah, that, you really have to do your homework in this regard.
0: Vic Nazar, Craig McEwen here on Vic and the Boss, 650-650. Uh, uh, a, a lot of people are uh, uh, annoyed of all the beer talk because it's, you're killing me here, uh, Larry the Plumber. I'm so close, but I still have to do my commute back to mission. You're killing me with the beer talk. Yeah, stay safe. Stay safe.
3: Yeah, and and then there's also saying, "Hey, uh, sounds like a terrible plan. Just kicking the can down the road. How about we just wait a year and let things improve naturally?" Leroy says that that that's very that very well could happen.
0: But here's what I'm talking about. Again, I'm just going to use Brett Connolly as an example, right? Yeah, it's it's three and a half million dollars. The advantage for the acquiring team is we still owe him seven million dollars. We would only have to pay Louis Erickson. Three million dollars is that four million dollars that we can save? Is that something that makes sense? And from the bank and you the can Canucks-
3: use Connolly here is what you're saying. Yes. You know, he he would be a useful asset for the Canucks because they they need some help in that position
0: for sure. And again, not the best solution, but you save yourself two and a half million dollars on cap, and that really matters in this scenario here. And is that something you go to to, to look at and say Chicago? Well, we'll deal with that with you. And this $2.5 does it go towards Pedersen and Hughes? Is it give us a bit more flexibility to do something else? You take on an extra year of a problem, but you give yourself some short-term alleviation right now.
3: Yeah. Again, with the holes they need to fill, the problems that they have at certain positions, they need some depth, they, they need NHL-quality players... If you can figure it out and make the numbers work, why wouldn't you go down that road and go, okay, let, let, let's try this and, and see what happens? Because, again, like Leroy says, you can wait a year when maybe they're not up against it like they are now, or you can try improve immediately. And that's where, you know, Bic, I, I look at it, and the Sedines will have a lot of information about those aging players and what I mean by that, how they felt, you know, they didn't stick around past their prime too too long you know but they knew it was time it was over but they could look at a player and go hey this would translate well still has good wheels still still moves around the ice very well like look at spezza it doesn't score like he used to but very effective for the leafs in, in the playoffs and the regular season so th- they might go yeah take a take that player because we see some qualities in that individual that would uh age well if if that makes sense
0: uh, on the Twins, uh, they were mentioned in 31 Thoughts, obviously, since their official appointment as special advisors to the GMs. Uh, but are the roles a bit more uh, all-encompassing outside of just uh, advising the GM? Here's what Elliot and Jeff had to say about the Sedine's roles uh, in with the Vancouver Canucks.
4: If 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 Jim Benning walks in there and says, I want to sign this player, the Sedin's going to say no. They're going to offer their opinion. Now this is what I think this is what I think it could mean is you know I think ownership there wields a big stick and they're heavily involved in a lot of the decision making I could see ownership saying to them what do you think so are the sedine's going to say no maybe not but if they say I'm not sure or I would say this and it's not enthusiastic what does ownership do with that So then
5: automatically you have that friction then between the Sedins and Jim Benning.
4: I don't think it's going to be though. I think, I think friction is the wrong term to use because I I think like I had heard that they were quite comfortable working with Benning. Um, I had heard that, um, you know, they didn't want to come in and people necessarily to be fired because they were coming in. I like, I had heard they'd actually said that they didn't think that was a good idea because they still had to learn the business, right? hmm So I don't like I don't look at it as friction. I see them as offering their opinions. Like for example, let's just say Jim Benning wants to sign Jeff Merrick, right? Wise and move. Wise move, yes. Jim. Well, and, done. and well and done, the, Benji. And, the, and the twins say that's insane. That would be the stupidest thing we could ever do.
2: Oh, what do they know Which, anyway?
4: <laughs> then I could see, you know, I could see ownership saying, well, I'm, nah. I'm really interested in their opinion. I don't see, think, look, the, they're the, not in there to submarine Jim Banning. That's just not who they are. But I, I do think ownership will listen to their opinion.
0: That's Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick discussing uh, the Sedine's roles when it comes to uh, their new spots in Vancouver. Um, and I guess my question, C-Mac, and, uh, you know, I, I thought Elliot laid it out really good. It's in about friction, but who's sounding board are they? Are they there for Jim Benning to be, you know, consulting them, or are they there for ownership to be consulting them? And I guess where, where this path leads me to is, is there a difference with what's best for the franchise long-term and in general, and what's best for Jim Benning right now? Is there a distinction between the two?
3: Well, that's the line he walks as a GM with two years remaining on his contract. So he has to think about the here and now, and he also has to go, okay, maybe I'm not the next GM here. So in Jim Benning's mind, listen, having the Sardines around as a sounding board for him will be vitally important. They're stand-up, honest individuals, um, but you can see that they may have an opinion on something that doesn't necessarily jive with the GM's thought process at that moment because the GM is thinking about this year and maybe they are thinking down the road but I really do believe Bick and, and Elliot said it there Sadines aren't here to submarine Benning; they're here to help him and it, and it's also to help the organization grow so they're going to look at the greater good or or what it means and not I believe come at it with any type of agenda that I have to please the owner or the the GM, they're gonna look at it and say, in our opinion, this is what we think is best because to be honest, much like Trevor Linden, when he walked away, these two guys could walk away and do other things. They don't have to be here. So it's not like they're they're looking to keep a job or or, or try to get another job. They're here to to impart wisdom, to help out, and most importantly, learn some things. And Jim Benning is going to teach the Sedins a lot, as much as people might not want to hear that. But he will, because Jim Benning, you know, good evaluator to talent when it comes to the draft. Uh, yes, he's had some swings and misses when it comes to free agents and trades, but some of them work, some have, not but that's every GM.
0: Hey, by the way, I-, I want to talk about that idea of the Twins learning under Jim Benning, because... The biggest detractors are worried about this signing of, oh, what, what could they possibly learn? It's like anything in life. You learn basic tools and you adapt to become your own mentality. It's the same thing in any schooling. To be honest, like I always joke, it's like in this industry, if you did it by the school book and by the textbook, you wouldn't last. You eventually, eventually have to become your own person. And, and, and that's life. Someone gives you the blueprint, you adapt to what makes sense to you. Jim Benning will give Daniel and Henrikstein basic tools to figure this out. And as they learn and as they evolve and as they get their feet wet into this industry, should they welcome more opportunities and bigger roles, they will bring their own principles into this. This isn't about creating a carbon copy of Jim Benning and John Wisebrod. This is just about, hey, your foot's in the door, you get to learn the ropes, and then you become how you see the NHL.
3: Yeah, and and listen, Vic, you – well, some people do, but I look at it this way. I don't want to just hire a yes person who's just going to agree with everything I say. I, I don't want someone arguing with me every day either, but you're right. They're their own people. They're going to have their own opinions, and they weren't brought in here to uh, just echo something that Jim Benning wants to hear or what Francesco Aquilini in ownership wants to hear. They're here to give an assessment. They're here to learn, and they are very – strong, stand-up individuals who have, you know, a lot of knowledge that can be used in many different ways.
0: Big Nazar, Craig McEwen here. Uh, coming up this weekend, uh, as it is every weekend, Canucks Connected uh, with Joey Kenward. And uh, Joey's got a big one this weekend. And I, I know, you know, a lot of people when we get to June uh, like to look back and be like, oh, hey, remember this time and remember this time. Uh, well, uh, Joey's talking to uh, Nathan Lafayette this weekend and uh, here's a, a preview of what uh, you can expect this weekend with Canucks Connected.
2: The, the fans have a right to, to feel and, and, and you know, respond the way they want to respond. The fan is what makes the game so special. And uh, I had a shot with five minutes to go in the third of a Game 7 of a Stanley Cup Final and it hit the post and didn't go in and I think if I had missed the net we, we might not even be talking right now. you know. And if it had gone in, um, you might be talking to someone else because I would have been a foot, footnote on how we got into the overtime. And the fact that it hit the post, there was the excitement around did Richter save it, there was a rebound. Um, I I have certainly come to terms and, and it happened pretty quickly for me. As an athlete, you have to be resilient and you have to be able to move on. And I, I know that, uh, and I knew it, you know, the, the moment I went home to go to bed that night, I knew that I had left everything I could on the ice. I knew everyone in that locker room had. I know that other guys had opportunities that they probably wish went in. And I think as a team, we all knew that, that we did everything we could to take it to seven games and to take it as, as far into that game as we did. And we were exhausted. And um, I think there's there's comfort in knowing that even if we weren't successful to what we wanted to accomplish in the cup playoffs. We, we put everything we could into it. We didn't leave anything out of the equation. And uh, that has certainly allowed me to, to move on and, and uh, live a good life. And uh, I know that, that fans certainly remember it. And I'm glad they do because it means they care about the game of hockey. And, and I think it just means that when the Canucks do hoist the, the cup down the road, they'll just enjoy it that much more.
0: Always oh, chatting with Canucks alumni, Joey Kenward. Uh, it's 5 o'clock uh, tomorrow here on Sportsnet 650. And I know, look, painful memories and all that sort of stuff, but that photo of that play that he's talking about, Nathan Lafayette in the post, it's so iconic. Like, it, it's, it, it just, as a photo, it looks so great.
3: Yeah, and as a memory in watching that Stanley Cup and just the, oh, yeah, just exhaling, and just wanting, hoping that puck went in, and I remember at the time, you know, I, I believe the announcer said that Richter had saved it, probably. I remember goal. that, yeah, yeah, I, like, and it wasn't even yeah. close. No, it it was off the po He had him beat. It was just just couldn't beat the iron. So um, Nathan Lafayette, a, a, a really good interview and intelligent guy. And it's great that uh, he can look back at that some 27 years later and and, and feel good about it and <laughs> have moved on because a lot of Canuck fans are are still cursing the day that, uh, you know, Marc Messier lifted the Stanley Cup.
0: Oh, yeah. That was uh, 27 years ago. Uh, they were trying to be the next Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup. And uh, since then, nobody's done it since Montreal in 93. Montreal gets their chance on Monday. That's when the Stanley Cup playoff series will begin. Uh, we don't know the opponent just yet, but we know Montreal's there. And we'll be back Monday previewing the Stanley Cup Finals. Cannot wait. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. Pick Nazar, Craig McEwen, we will make way for the People's Show on the way. Yannick Hansen coming up at 4 o'clock here on the Home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650.